0: I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Connecting with other generations is vital for personal growth, family cohesion, community building, and preserving our cultural fabric. Relationships pave the way for a more inclusive, empathetic, and connected society where everyone contributes and thrives. However, these multi-generational relationships don't come naturally, and sometimes they can be challenging. On today's podcast, I'm with Hope Bollinger. Hope is a managing and acquisitions editor at Endgame Press and an author of 14 traditionally published books. Hope has written a new fiction book for teens that shines a light on the truth that every generation has something of value to bring to the table. In our conversation, she shared more about the book and what inspired her to write it, But that's not all. We discuss the keys to building stronger connections across generations, addressing family trauma, and embracing the power of reconciliation and forgiveness. So last week, I promised that this week I would share more details about what I'm calling the mom's mastermind. So here it is. I'm opening this group up to a small group of women to make deep connections and to help one another make and stick to our goals for ourselves and for our families. It will be about 12 weeks of coaching calls and private connection opportunities in between sessions. There will be a little bit of homework involved, but I promise you it will have a big impact on moving you from where you are to where you want to be. Now, the interest form is still open, so head over to www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash mom mastermind to fill it out. And then over the next few weeks, watch for more details in your inbox and on upcoming episodes of the podcast. That's www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash mom mastermind. I'll include the link in the show notes. Welcome, Hope. It's incredible to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for
0: having me on here. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my family is kind of known to be a little bit of overachievers. We kind of like to sign up for absolutely everything. So we were totally into sports and arts and pretty much almost every single club you can think of. To this day, we all get involved in a lot of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that! I know we love sports in this household. I mean, I'm glad that my kids love sports because I grew up loving them. And yeah, we just—I think our biggest thing is like, okay, what don't we have to do? Like, is there something we can say no to? And if I'm yeah. in this, if I'm in this sport, do I have to train all year round? Do I have to go to you know like camps and privates and and you know learning to say no is a big deal. But like, I can appreciate that overachiever. And families for sure. All right. So today you're here to talk about your new book. It's called A Country of Their Own. Now it was written for teen readers and it deals with themes of family trauma generational gaps and ageism. So these are some pretty heavy themes for anybody, let alone teenagers. So let's talk about what inspired you to write this book.
1: Yeah, so the inspiration for this book came from a number of different avenues. What initially had sparked the idea was actually this photo series called Reflections of the Past, where in which elderly people look in the mirror and see younger versions of themselves Hmm. and so I kind of wanted to see what would that look like if generations came together and listened to one another but the catalyst for this book actually came when my grandma had passed away my grandma actually was one of the first people to encourage me when I was jumping into the world of publishing she ran a bookstore back in the day always threw her whole heart into everything that she did was dancing it well into her 80s and so I wanted to write a book that really honored different generations and honored her. So that was kind of the idea behind a book that would tackle all those different themes. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. I know that when I became an adult, I think I might've had one, one child ready by that time, but it was really the first time I ever sat down with my grandmother and asked her questions and heard her story about how she met my grandfather. And, you know, they met when she they were 15. And then he went into the military. I'm like, I didn't know any of this. Right. And so I was kind of sad that it took me so long to hear her story and to see her as a person who was my age and who had a young family and who had struggles. And so I love this idea of helping young readers, like learn about the generations that are before us, especially those so close with us. So I'm excited to hear more about this book for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So can you share, let's start off by sharing some practical steps about what we just talked about, bridging these generational divides and having this intergenerational understanding and relationship.
1: So what are some of those steps? Yeah. Yeah, I have like three different ones we can definitely touch on. And I will say, you know, obviously there aren't a whole lot of books that are kind of on this and it tends to be a very heated topic in terms of generational misunderstandings Really, So I think it can kind of boil down to three things because I feel like every single generation can often be at odds with one another and mm. misconstrue what the other feels about them and kind of how they perceive one another. So I think the first thing every single generation should do when interacting with other generations is the assumption of goodwill, that Mm -hmm. no generation is kind of out to get you, that we all generally want goodwill for one another. That's usually the first step is just to assume goodwill on the part and not have any prior assumptions about a certain generation. Second thing, like you kind of had mentioned, listening to stories and listening to one another, hearing not only stories, but also ways in which people just aren't feeling heard or aren't feeling seen is really, really important. And, you know, kind of really understanding that no one is really exaggerating when they express that they feel unseen or unheard in some in some way. And so after you have achieved good assumption of goodwill and listening to one another i know i had a third step i think it is evading me right now i am missing that third step but those two first steps are really really good a good way to start the conversation is just to understand that everyone has wisdom everyone has something to share and that we are better together if we are sharing it with one another
0: yeah and i think this it's key to understand, and this isn't always something that we can come up with, especially something we need to learn, is that the generations before us, and correct me if I'm wrong, went through certain things. And that's why they are the way they are. And until we have an understanding of what they went through, we have no idea why they make the decisions they make, see the world the way they see it. And every generation tackles something different, right? And so I think an understanding of that is really important, like just the knowledge of what what it was like for me growing up is drastically different than what it's like for my kids. And so I'm gonna have more, have different fears than they have. I'm going to have different values or even different like mindsets on how I see money and how I see relationships and how I see people. So yeah, I've absolutely. learned that that's been really helpful for me to understand, oh, that's why, you know, my mom's the way she is or my in-laws are the way they are. And like there you can't really. It's not about trying to change him. It's about understanding, like you said, being seen and heard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think there's just something so important about hearing stories. And Like you had mentioned, when you finally sat down with your grandma and heard the stories, it just made someone a whole lot more human. My grandpa had done something similar. He had basically written down a biography of his, you know, of his childhood and everything. I Because I could better understand that Great Depression era, mm-hmm. going into World War II era, I could better understand him. Yeah, kind of the way he operated. So there is just something really, really powerful about stories.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like a really funny anecdotal, but my grandmother, my grandparents, they had like a closet that was full of like bread bags, like so instead Mm -hmm. of going to the store to like buy Ziplocs to put snacks in they Mm -hmm. would take an old like a sleeve that bread came in and they would save those and that's how they would Mm -hmm. put snacks in for our picnics and they had like every container every jar like they would like Mm -hmm. for example the yogurt container like that was like that's how they accumulated Tupperware or whatever we call it today the Ziploc container bags like storage containers that's because they lived through the depression and that's what that's what they did and that's what they had to do and so for me that was so funny as a child but oh my gosh, it makes sense. Save money, works. Like, and and that's just the way they, I don't want to say grew up because they were, I think, adults at the time. But still it's like, oh, now I get it. Like, this isn't some silly thing that old people do. Like, this is real. (laughs) For sure. So I know it's important when it comes to family when building culture to look at the past and reflect and understand we'll talk a little bit more about like family trauma and reconciliation but it's important to look at the past but how do we balance looking at the past and then looking forward to the future because it's important to know where we came from but we shouldn't get stuck there so what are your thoughts on that.
1: This is a good question. I don't know if I'll necessarily have a straightforward answer on this, because I think it is possible for people to either get very stuck in the past or very stuck in the future. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very hard to kind of move forward if you're in either one of those camps. So obviously, it's really important to look at our past, know where our family members came from, know their stories, know kind of where we fit into that. And it's important to hope for the future, to look forward to things. But I think the solution ultimately comes in embracing the present. I think there is something about embracing every single moment for what it is and knowing that we are simultaneously in the past, present and future right where we are. So Mm -hmm. there is something about really cherishing every single memory as it happens. Um, And I don't know if that helps to answer that question. but I just think theres I've tried to be more disciplined in being in every single moment a little bit more than I had in the past. There's just something about just kind of embracing life as it is happening.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So what advice would you offer someone who is struggling to heal from generational curses or family trauma? I mean, your book, let's talk, and we can unwrap this while we're talking a little bit about your book, because your book is fiction, correct? So it is a story. And so you unravel these themes in your writing. So let's talk more about that.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I don't always know if there's like a one clear solution to this because I think trauma looks different for every single person. I have a family member who is actually in grief counseling. That's That's the area that she works in. And so she can probably tell you that every single client she works with is going to have different ways that they tackle this. So in terms of generational trauma and family past issues, I can kind of unravel what happens in the book and then I guess how I have personally tackled that in my own life. Yeah. So every single character in the book does have different past trauma they're working through, but kind of the two main characters, our two teens are especially dealing with it, especially when it comes to relationships because neither of them really had good parenting, good relationships modeled for them and so because of that they were are really scared to jump into anything remotely romantic just because of what they've experienced in the past and so throughout the story they kind of basically d- decide that you know I am not what my family has done to me I am my own person and I can choose to break the cycle right here and choose to do something differently and I know we're going to kind of to touch on this but I love my family my family has a lot of interesting history I remember getting told that by by an authority figure that I was an automatic red flag because my parents had been divorced and so going into any relationship apparently I was just an automatic red flag thankfully the person I'm dating now does not think that but <laughs> um, I think it really kind of was hurtful when that was told mm. to me because it basically was saying to me you are your family's past trauma you are mm. your generational curse. And I think it kind of overlooks the fact that we are our own individual people and mm. although you may struggle with whatever you know you kind of learned from your family that you are your own person and you can mm-hmm. kind of choose this is what I want family to be.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think the red flag is not necessarily what you've experienced, but your attitude about what you're willing to do now. You know, that, I mean, that the red flag is, yeah, that's not a red flag because if you have a person, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? If, oh, yeah. if you have a person who's experienced something and you are like, this is the way I am. It is, this is who I am. I'm just destined to follow in these footsteps. That's a red flag. Not this, if you if you know that your past doesn't dictate your future, you're looking to grow personally. You're looking to fill the spaces for the things that you might have missed or didn't get to experience or willing to relearn things, then that is actually like green flag. Is that, I don't even, I don't <laughs> think that's the expression, but you know what I mean. It's the opposite. It's like, oh, this person really is looking to change the trajectory of their life and like we talk a lot in terms of and the work I do about family culture like how do we change the culture of your our home what are the habits what are the things that maybe we didn't have growing up that we could provide for others and for our children what are the things that we want to embrace and 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 keep going and pass on and then what are the things that we want to let go of because they weren't healthy or they weren't something that we want to carry forward and so I think that like what you mentioned in and of itself, these things aren't red flags. They're just what mm-hmm. are we going to do now with them is what's really important, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's really important just to learn. I think that's mm-hmm. that's the beauty is also kind of knowing, especially in my own life, I think my parents did the best that they could with the tools that they had. Mm-hmm. They had also experienced their own past trauma with their own families. So seeing them kind of come into reconciliation with one another that you know, we are. You know, we make mistakes, but moving forward, they can give me advice to this is what I would prefer to do differently. This is how Mm -hmm. I would have done it differently. And I can apply Mm -hmm. that too. there's something to learn. Cause you know, some people have said, well, you know, your parents' marriage failed, so there's nothing to learn from them. But I really think you can learn from everyone, whether or not the marriage succeeded or not.
0: Yeah, I would agree for sure. So can you share with us a little bit more about the plot of your book and the characters involved?
1: Yeah, you got it. So the story is about two teens. We have an old soul named Priscilla and more of a trendy TikTok influencer named Carter. And they are both forced to do community service during the summer in Florida. They're doing community service at a nursing home. But something they don't anticipate is that even though all the residents are 80 or 90 something years old, that they all look like teenagers. So it is up to these two teenagers, not only to meet and learn the wisdom from various residents, but also to try to help two of them to fall in love since there are sparks between two of those residents. So it's all about generations listening to one another, about generational gaps and family trauma and healing that takes place in the midst of it all.
0: Oh, I kind of love that. That's like the perfect formula that like forced to be in a situation you wouldn't put yourself in and then you learn, grow and have an adventure along the way. That's, that's great. (laughs)
1: oh yeah it makes for it makes for some fun plot for sure well what i love about this book is that it is written for teens
0: because i think that teens being a mom of teens they can see things one way and through their small lens and for them to read books and start to understand that people often have a background to their story that there's often more to it than meets the eye that there are things that happen in people's homes that we don't know about but it affects who they are and how they respond i think is really really incredible And I think it really does promote empathy. So can we talk a little bit about empathy and what role it's had to play in your book and and even in your family?
1: Yeah, let's talk about empathy. Empathy is always like a theme I end up emphasizing in so many different books I write just because I think it's so important that the more we understand someone, the more we understand why they do what they do, why they operate the way they operate. And it may not necessarily be excusing what they do. You know, there's things Mm -hmm. in the past that my family had done that I would definitely not excuse, but (laughs) I think it can help me to really understand where they came from. I recently, for Mother's Day, was able to spend time with family and I had a family member really open up about a lot of past trauma that they had gone through. And it really, it really, Helps me to empathize and understand a lot more okay this is why they did what they did here this was what was going on and it helps me to understand that they really were trying their best mm-hmm. um, so I think I think the importance of empathy and that's that's why I always kind of promote the importance of just reading books in general not just the ones that promote empathy is we can really put ourselves into someone else's shoes mm-hmm. to really understand the path that they've walked before us And so this does definitely come up in the book, you know, our characters, especially our teen characters in the books don't necessarily understand why certain family members did certain things, but the more they're able to have those important conversations with them, the more they're able to understand that life can be messy and complicated Mm -hmm. and they can understand a little bit better as to why people act the way they do.
0: Yeah. I know when I parent my kids and I try to have conversations with them, I will often share with them, you know, obviously in an age appropriate way, especially now that they're older. That, hey, this is what I experienced growing up, or this is what I experienced from my parents. And this is why I've done what I've done. You know, whether it's I'm trying to do things differently, and I'm st- maybe still getting it wrong, or I'm trying to do things the way I was taught to do it, because I felt though that's important, like just giving them a little bit more information, and re- and sharing my own stories with them has been really helpful um, in parenting them. And sometimes it works. And sometimes they're like, Ugh, I don't care. but. <laughs> It's like, it's something that I, I keep doing because I do think it is important to cultivate for sure. Absolutely. So can you speak to the importance of reconciliation and forgiveness? Because not only do we have trauma, but we actually create trauma sometimes without knowing it within our own families. So can you just share some of your personal experiences, if you have any that shaped your understanding of these concepts and then how you've, how you've worked those into the, your books? And this book in particular.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's talk reconciliation. Because I can definitely, I have a number of family members who have not necessarily embraced reconciliation with some of the messy stuff that has gone on. And it really can stunt relationships if you are not open to reconciliation, if both parties are not open to reconciliation. So I can kind of give you in brief family history. I won't get too messy here. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was in college, uh, parents had split up after 20 something years of marriage. And within the span of one year, both of them had married other spouses. So it was a lot to kind of suddenly you know, encounter. And I'd always try to be the perfect child. I I tried to keep my parents' marriage together for most of their marriage. I kind of put that on myself. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of initial resentment, a lot of initial anger when it came to this this circumstance. I didn't necessarily want to have any relationship with the step-parents whatsoever. Wasn't looking forward to that. But reconciliation kind of happened, I want to say, over the span of years. It just kind of came in, in things such as meetings with the step parents and great conversations in terms of talking with my parents about why the divorce happened to this day. They still have not told me why it did happen, but mm-hmm. kind of talking them through that whole process, why they felt the need to split apart Um you know, I, I kind of it happened over the span of years. I don't think there was a distinctive moment, but I think it just kind of became me being open to spending time with people I wasn't necessarily looking forward to spending time with and understanding that there were things that were going on that I just didn't wasn't made aware of. And to this mm. day, even though I'm not made aware of, I'm sure there was a lot that went into it. And to this day, I have a really good relationship with all the parents now, all of them. I can very comfortably, you know, hang out with, spend time with. But I think it just came down to me being willing to have these conversations because we have some family members who are not as open and not as willing. And I've seen that it has strained certain relationships over the years. So reconciliation can be a messy topic because every single family situation is different. You know, some of the things that have happened may be a little bit more extreme than my personal example. But I think... I am really happy that I was open to mending a lot of these relationships and being open to new ones too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And
0: I like that. I should say it's inspiring that you were open to reconciliation, even when you're still not given all the details, because I think sometimes we think I need to know everything and then I can decide. But at some point we have to make a decision and say, I'm I don't need to know everything. I'm going to move forward in this in a healthy way. And I'm not, I'm going to let these things go. I mean, that's, that's difficult for sure. All right. So what encouragement do you have for our listeners who are navigating difficult or traumatic experiences, but want to have hope? Like, how can we sort of hold the tension between the two and yeah, work towards um, a healthy perspective and a healthy family outlook?
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I never want to kind of give a, you know, pithy sort of phrase when it comes to this sort of stuff, because trauma is different for everyone. And sorry, if you end up hearing some of my no, cats in the back. That's good. It's a um, great reminder. They're, they're very vocal. They're excited to be on this thing too. But I, I think that there is something about reconciling the things that have happened to you, and acknowledging this is the hurt that they have caused. Um, mm-hmm. This is the, this is how it affected me personally, but also coming to the realization that I am not what people have done to me and I can choose what I'm going to do moving forward from here on out, whatever that looks like. And so that would be kind of the encouragement. Something I also encourage people to do is to journal. That's something I have done. And whenever I am experiencing some more tumultuous things, I tend to look back and see how far I've come and to know that I am growing, I am changing. I'm becoming the person I'm excited to become. So know that it's okay to simultaneously at, at the same time, rec- recognize the trauma you've gone through, but also mo- make steps moving forward toward healing.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. All right. So this, is, this has been incredible. And I think this is going to be a fantastic research for teenagers who need to understand what we've been talking about, who need to understand that, that that life isn't as simple as they think it is. And so I'm really excited about this book, and I'm excited for our listeners to get their hands on it. So thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You can find Hope on HopeBollinger.com. She's on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram as HopeBollinger. Bollinger I'll link to that plus where you can find her new book in the show notes I hope you've enjoyed the show if so I'd like to ask a favor can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review besides sharing this podcast with your friends leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us Remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.